0: hallelujah hallelujah oh let's raise our voices and our hearts to him right now i believe the lord is in this house we worship you we magnify you we glorify you you are great and mighty and wondrous oh lord there's none like you (laughs) there's none like you you are king of kings and lord of lords you fill all time and space you're the creator of the universe, yet you're the savior of every soul. We thank you for your presence. Thank you, Jesus. Could you just whisper that right now? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's a beautiful presence of the Lord here today, amen? How many of you glad to be in the house of the Lord on a Wednesday night? on a stormy day, and uh, we're thankful that you're here tonight. There's no better place to be than in God's house with God's people. Turn around, and look at your neighbor, and said, I'm glad to be here with you tonight. Amen. Amen. I'm glad to be here with you tonight as well. Our prayers are with Pastor and Sister Neal, they are away for a couple of days celebrating and being together. I think this is August is their anniversary month and birthday month. So they're, they've are they gotten away for a couple days. I'm thankful that they can do that. Amen. And I know they'll be back this weekend and they'll be rested and uh, they'll be ready to go today. But uh, I'm glad to be here with you uh, this evening. and um, And you can put up with me for a few moments tonight. We'll plunge into the word of the Lord. Amen. Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. You do have notes. We are finished with our psalm series. Wow. Sister Neelan, if you were not here last week, you need to go back and watch that video. She taught an incredibly powerful Bible study on Psalms 27. And I'm thankful for that. And uh, I so enjoyed listening to that by video. So we're done with our psalm series. How many of you enjoyed the psalm series? You, You... you like that. You liked. You like that. And so, uh, with pastor's vision, we're going to try to do some more of that, hopefully. Uh, but tonight, I just want to, since we're done there, just want to kind of deviate from there and hopefully talk to you in a very practical way. Everybody say practical. Sometimes we need the practical with our theological. Are you with me? <laughs> I said sometimes we need the practical with our theological. Romans four sixteen. I'm actually going to read to you from the NIV, which I very rarely do, but I believe that it will help service tonight. Verse 16, therefore the promises come by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but to those who have the faith of Abraham. Everybody said that's us. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I've made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. The God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. And so became the father of many nations, just as he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Verse 21, this is the verse right here. If we don't hear anything else, this is a good reminder. We can go home right now. Being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he promised. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm fully persuaded. This is why it was credit to him righteousness. The words it was credit to him were written not for him alone, but to also us to whom God would credit righteousness for us who believe in him, who raised Jesus Christ from the dead. I want to hope to just teach a little Bible study here tonight on this subject, how to keep on believing while you're still waiting on God. Amen. How to keep on believing while you're still waiting, on oh God. Lord, I feel your presence in this room. I pray, Lord, that your word would go forth. I pray for the spirit of encouragement and strength to breathe on this place today and every person that's here and with those that are watching online. I pray, God, that our faith would arise because we know that you are the one who has promised and you can back it up with your power. In Jesus' name, if you believe that God is true to his word, could you put your Bibles down before you're seated and give God praise right now all over this place? Hallelujah. You may be seated. Have you ever been in a hurry when God wasn't? Am I the only one? One of the most difficult things in life is to sit in God's waiting room. God's waiting room is when there's something beyond our control and we can't speed it up. An answer to prayer, a miracle, a change in a situation. And we want to change it, but it's totally out of our control. And we have to wait on God and trust that he is in control. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3 and 11, and this is the new century version. It says, God does everything just right and on time, but people can never completely understand what he is doing. We don't always know what God is doing and we don't know when He's going to do it. So much of our life in faith, many times, is spent waiting on God's timetable. How many of you have been praying for a need in your life that God still has not answered? Can you just raise your hand? All over this place. So I believe that I'm in good company, right? So today we're going to look at how we can keep on believing. Everybody say, keep on believing. While we're waiting on God. And we're going to look at it through the lens of Abraham's life. If there was any person that had to wait, it was Abraham. We know the story. Most of us know the story tonight. And we're going to talk a little bit more about it in depth. But God gave him a promise that he would have a son. And that there would be a great nation that would come out of the nation of Israel. But Abraham had to wait. Everybody say, Abraham had to wait. So what do you do while you're waiting on God, What do you do while you're waiting on God? I believe that there are several things that we can do tonight. And I believe that if we apply this to our situation, that God will strengthen us in our faith. The first thing is that we must understand that many times, most of the time, there are six phases of faith. Everybody say phases of faith. There are many times stages of faith that God takes us through. Not to destroy us or to weaken our faith, but to, in the end, strengthen our faith in God alone. The first phase, and this is in your notes, in your little handout. The first phase of faith is when God gives you a dream. A God idea. An understanding, an ambition, or a goal. God gives you a dream. And at 75, God gave Abraham a dream. He said, Abraham, I'm not just going to give you a son, which would have been radical in itself. He said, I'm going to make you a great nation. But that was just the start because the second phase of this is a decision. A decision is when you and I decide to act on that dream because a dream without a decision is worthless. Let me say that again. A dream without a decision is worthless. And every dream of God that God gives us has a risk to it. Amen? You should write this down in your notes. Faith equal risk. Abraham had to leave his existing homeland to go to a place that he never knew. God called him out, the Bible says, uh, of the Ur of Chaldees. And I don't think that we can appreciate this step in Abraham's life. This was not God calling Abraham from Texas to Louisiana. Okay? No, this was God calling him out of everything that he knew. He was leaving his father's land. He was leaving his protection. He was leaving the provision. He was leaving his identity behind. And it was a huge risk of faith. When God gives us a dream and says, this is what I want you to do with your life, there has to come a point in a time in our life where we make a decision to say, okay, God, I'm going to take The risk, the leap of faith, so to speak. The next phase is this, delay. Everybody say delay. Many times when God gives us a dream, and even though we may take action on that dream, many times that dream is not fulfilled instantly. How many of you know that? Right? When God gives you an idea of what he wants to do with your life, when he actually fulfills it, there's a time gap because he wants to grow you. He wants to build you up. And so for 11 years after God gave Abraham his dream, Abraham still did not have a child. And when he was 86 years old, it said, but Sarah still had not born any children. What happened in those 11 years? The answer, unfortunately, is nothing. Nothing happened. Abraham was waiting on God. I'm sure that he was tempted to doubt. I'm sure that he was tempted to despair. I'm sure that he was tempted to take detours. We read in the Bible where even Sarah wanted him to take a detour with Hagar. But God says, no, if you're going to wait on the fulfillment of the dream I've given you, there's probably going to be a delay. But I want to add this tonight. God's delay is not necessarily God's denial. Let me say that again. God's delay is not necessarily God's denial. Because when we don't get an immediate response to our prayer, that does not mean that God is not working on our behalf. Let me say that again. That does not mean that God's not working on our behalf. Just because God is silent doesn't mean that God hasn't heard us. The next phase is phase four, it's called difficulty. God not only allows you wait for a while, but while you're waiting, He keeps putting you in the places of challenge. Now that's fun, right? Why is he doing that? Because he's building up your faith. So you go through the stage of difficulty where things go from bad, sometimes to really bad, to worse, to seemingly impossible. And notice that at the age of 99, Abraham still did not have a son. He was 99 and Sarah was 89. Look at your neighbor and said that seems impossible. And it says, how can a son be born to a man my age? In Genesis, sometimes God delays so we can develop. That's not in your notes, but you should write that down. Sometimes God delays what he's doing in our life uh, so he can develop us. What's he developing us? Uh, He's developing us to become more like him. Ladies and gentlemen, the whole journey that we're on has one purpose and one purpose alone. To make us more like Jesus Christ. Amen. God is not interested so much uh, in our comfort as he is our character. And he will allow us to go through situations and circumstances. I can testify to that this very year. God will allow us to go through circumstances and situations and phases of faith. And what is he doing? It's not that he's cruel or he's not that he's trying to be cruel to us or he's trying to prove that he's a mean God. No, he's trying to develop something in us. He's trying to develop a trust in us. He's trying to develop character in us. He's trying to say, hey, I know that you're on a journey, but when you come out of the other end of this journey, you're going to see something about me and about yourself that you would have never seen before. Amen? What's worse is that God changed Abraham's name. His name was actually Abram, and God changed his name to Abraham. And it literally means the father of a great nation. Imagine Abraham walking into circle K down here uh, on the corner. And I said, Hey man, what's your name? He said, Hey, I'm the father of a great nation. I said, Well, how many children do you have? Uh, zero. <laughs> how old are you? Uh, 99. That'd be kind of embarrassing, wouldn't it? But it's a test of his faith. But eventually God fulfills the dream. And an age 100. I don't have this in your notes, but if you go back to Genesis and you see when Sarah became pregnant with Isaac, there's a verse in there that you should pay attention. And it says at the appointed time. See, God has an appointed time where our promise intersects with our miracle. I wish I could preach that just for a moment. I said, God has an appointed time. Some of you are waiting for a miracle. God has an appointed time, uh, and our miracle is going to intersect with God's promise, uh, and we're going to give birth to what God has promised us. Uh, If he promised us it, it's going to come to pass. Uh, It doesn't matter what kind of hell or chaos or anything that's going on uh, in your life. uh, If I have a promise from God, uh, it shall come to pass not by my own authority not by my own strength not by my own wisdom but by the power of the living God it shall come to pass why? with man it seems impossible but with God it's not impossible with man it seems like a lie but with God he cannot lie he cannot go against the character of who he is as the truth of almighty God if God has given you a promise it's going to come to Pass. I said it's going to come to pass, and sure enough, it comes to pass. And what do they name Isaac? They name him. uh, They name him. What do they name Isaac? They named him Isaac. (laughs) What does that mean? It means laughter. A lot of times we ridicule Sarah because she laughed at the promise of God, but actually Abraham later on laughed at God as well. He laughed at God and then fell down on his face before Him and worshipped Him. We know that she didn't believe God when God said that you're going to be pregnant at 89 because she laughed. Most women at 89, if God said you're going to be pregnant, they wouldn't be laughing. They'd be crying. And dads as well. But then becomes the most difficult phase of all. Then becomes this idea of a dead end. At a dead end, God allows your dream To seemingly die. Why do you say that, David? Because Abraham was asked by God to do what? Give his child back to him. And not just back to him in an act of dedication, but to do what? To sacrifice him back to him. So Abraham waits for a 100 years for his promise and God delivers him. And then Isaac begins to grow up. He's a young lad. Then God comes along and says, by the way, now I want you to give him back to me. And not only do I want you to give him back to me, I want you to sacrifice him to me. Abraham has to be asking himself, uh, what kind of God is this? Is this some kind of cruel joke? He's asking me to sacrifice the very dream that he has already promised me and that he has given me. So I ask you tonight on this Wednesday night, how many of you feel like you're at a dead end? You feel hopeless. Some of you are at a dead end in your marriage. Some of you are at a dead end and just purely getting married. Some of you are at a dead end when you look at your finances, when you look at your career. Some of you are at a dead end when you look at your friendships and your relationships. Some of you are at a dead end when you look at your health and your health is falling apart. And when you look at this stage and you start to doubt God's wisdom and God's love and say, why is this happening to me? It's out of my control. Because you get to this point, ladies and gentlemen, and the greater the dead end, the greater the surrender. But congratulations. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, congratulations. God's getting you ready for the next phase of faith, which is deliverance. (laughs) I said it's deliverance. He's preparing you for deliverance. Because you see, the greater the dead end and the more hopeless the situation, the greater the deliverance is going to be. The more of the miracle that it's going to be. It would have been a miracle for Sarah to have a child at 60 uh, much less 89 Uh, but let me tell you something uh, when it seemed like it was all over like God was wanting to bring it back uh, but God was getting ready for another miracle in Abraham's life Uh, he was getting him ready for a miracle of deliverance Uh, I don't know who I'm preaching to or teaching to tonight uh, but you find yourself literally uh, in a dead in situation congratulations God is about to bring you into a place of deliverance it may look dead now but get the eyes of your faith on and say God allow me to see this like you see this don't allow me to see it with the physical don't allow to see it with the weakness of my faith I know you're trying to do something in my life I understand that I've been going through a journey I feel the burden and and all of us get to places in our life but God is saying look uh, if you'll hold on uh, come on I come to build somebody's faith uh, on a Wednesday night Uh, if you'll hold on uh, I said if you'll hold on uh, God's going to bring you out Uh, if he allowed you to go through uh, he allowed you to come out on the other side Uh, but whatever you do uh, don't die at the dead end Uh, don't die in your dilemma God is about to bring you into a place of deliverance We have to understand this and see this. And all of us in our lives go through these phases of faith. How many of you would testify to that? As mature believers in this room, how many of you would testify that you're somewhere in one of these phases even right now? Maybe God just brought you out. Maybe God's given you a dream. I know I'm speaking to a room filled with very mature believers and older believers. But let me tell you something. God's not done with you yet. God's not done with your family yet. God's not done with your children yet. How do I know that? Because he promised in his word. He said, if I started the work, I'm going to finish it. It may not look finished now. It may not even look close to being finished now but I'm gonna finish the work that I've started hang on just a little bit longer you're about to step into a place of deliverance you're about to step into a place of magnification of your faith uh, who am I preaching to on a Wednesday night? I, I know it's a Wednesday night Bible study, but somebody's gonna get a hold of this and you're gonna walk out of here. God, any moment. I said, God, any moment. I'm about to step into my miracle. My promise is about to intersect with your word. It looks impossible. I know it looks impossible, but God delights in the impossible. I said God delights in the impossible. The impossible is the platform for the miraculous. I know it looks dead, but God delights in resurrection. Ah, Maybe I'm just preaching to myself tonight. Remember where you're at in phases, these six phases of faith. The numbers, the second thing that you've got to do is remember what God can do. Let me say it this way. Remember what only God can do. Some of you are facing situations that only God can work out that situation. So don't focus on what you can't do come on look at your neighbor and slap him in the head say wake up don't focus on what you can't do the situation may be out of your control but it's never out of god's control romans 4 17 abraham believed in god who gives life to the dead and who creates something out of nothing This verse right here is the definition of a miracle. In a miracle, here's what happens. Either God gives life to something that was dead or he creates something out of nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, I still believe that God is a miracle working God. I know he doesn't always answer like we want him to answer. I know his timetable looks totally radically different than our timetable. I understand. I'm wise enough to know that sometimes God doesn't heal in this world. He heals in the next world. I understand all of those things. uh, But I refuse to believe that God still cannot work a miracle for my life. He can give life to a dead career. He can give life to a dead marriage. He can give life to dead dreams, dead finances. Uh, He can bring something out of nothing. Uh, Jesus said anything is possible. If you have faith, But notice what Abraham did. Abraham, where did Abraham put his faith? What did he believe in? Did he believe in himself? No. Did he believe in his feelings? No. Did he put faith in faith? No. Did he practice positive thinking? Maybe he did, but I don't think so. He believed in God. See, it's not the it's not the matter of faith, it's the object of my faith. Amen? I said it's the object of my faith. My faith is not in my own interpretation of the situation. You see, positive thinking and faith are not the same things. Now, I'm, I'm all good for positive thinking. Don't, please don't get me wrong. But positive thinking only works in one situation. It works in situations where you and I have control over the situation. Right? If you believe you're going to do good on your job and you work hard... You have control over that. Positive thinking, though, is worthless when the situation is out of your control, especially when you come to a dead end in your life. When you come to a dead end, you need more than just a happy, fuzzy thought. You've got to have radical faith in God. I could walk around all day long and say, I believe that I look like George Clooney or Brad Pitt. But guess what all the positive thinking in the world is not going to change that so I have to have faith and having faith in God is far more than what you need than a happy positive think pretty thoughts when you get to a dead end is this helping somebody because it's I just gonna preach to myself here when you get to a dead end you got to remind yourself what God can do what can God do what is impossible with men is possible with God I said, what is impossible with men is possible with God. The third thing that you've got to do in your notes is you've got to rely on God's promises. Everybody say God's promises. You have to rely on what God has promised you. Romans 7, 4, 18, when hope was dead within him, Abraham went on hoping. I said he went on hoping. Everybody say he went on hoping. And he relied on the word of God. Circle that right there. He went on hoping. When hope was dead within him, he went on hoping. Have you ever felt that way? That hope was dying on the inside of you. How do you know that hope is dying on the inside of you? You start to use words like never. It's never going to happen. I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to have that child. I'm never going to be happy again. This situation is never going to change. We'll never have enough money. And hope dies within you. So what do you do? Do you go on vacation? No. Notice what you do. When hope was dead within him, Abraham went on hoping in faith. This was not wishful thinking. This was not positive thinking. This is hoping, hoping in faith. Faith in God. I must keep on believing in God's word. He says he relied, and I'm sure that Abraham had his ups and downs, but he relied on God's word. Ladies and gentlemen, we must understand there is nothing more reliable than God's word. If you're going to be a man or woman of faith, you have to get God's promises in your life. Here's the interesting thing to me. A lot of times we want a word from God. When we do not access the word we already have from God. Is that all right? I said we want a word and I believe in a word from God. I believe in the prophetic. I believe in all of that. But a lot of times we're looking for something that we already have. But we don't access it. But if we're going to be men and women of faith, we have to get God's promises in our life. Here, once again, we have to rely on what God promised. He relied upon the word of God. And that's what kept him going when he wanted to give up. When you are in a valley, when you are in a dry place, when you are at a dead end in your life, you better learn how to feed yourself the word of God. We got to feed ourselves. Everybody said we got to feed ourselves. What are we feeding ourselves? We need to learn the word of God. and We need to memorize it. We need to be deep inside of our spirit. So that when we get into a fight, we don't have to dig around and look, but it's something that comes into our spirit. And when we're in the fight of faith, the word of God can come out of us, that that mighty two-edged sword. With God, everything is possible. The only thing that counts in faith is expressing itself through love. The promises of God are yes and amen. Lord, I thank you that you're my healer. I thank you, Lord, that the stripes upon your back were were taken for my healing. I thank you, Lord, that you went to the cross and you paid the price for my salvation and my identity. I thank you, Lord, by the blood that was shed on Calvary. I am healed, set free, redeemed, and justified. Come on. You got to get a hold of God's word. I said, You got to get a hold of God's word. You got to learn how to preach God's word to yourself. You got to learn how to preach the gospel to yourself. When you get in the middle of situations and circumstances uh, that seem to overwhelm you uh, there's only one weapon that you have uh, and it is the word of God we got to rest and rely on the promises of God when God tested him Abraham still trusted in God it was a test and I, I tell you what Abraham seemed not to panic if you read the Genesis story. I got to be real honest. I would have panicked. But the Bible says that Abraham didn't panic. How do we know that Abraham didn't panic? Three things. Number one, the Bible tells us he believed that even if God allowed him to kill his own son, Hebrews eleven nineteen 19, he believed that God was going to raise him up from the dead. When he's telling his servant we're going up the hill to sacrifice, he says we will be back, not just I'll be back. He's fully intending for his son to come back to him. When his son Isaac was walking up the hill with him, he says, Father, where's the lamb that we're going to sacrifice? Abraham says, what? The Lord will provide. He had every intention and no doubt that God was going to spare his son or either not. if he wasn't going to spare him, he was going to resurrect him. Why? Hear me very carefully. He had the promise of God. And here's what he was thinking. You promised me that I would be the father of many nations. How can you take the one that's just getting started? If you have a promise from God, woven into that promise is the assurity that God cannot go back on his word. Here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, is this. God would never even speak to you a promise if he did not fully intend to back it up with his power. And God is the only one who can promise you something and still back it up because he has all power and authority. Here's the big test in our life. What are we going to do when God says to us, I want you to sacrifice that thing that is greatest and closest, that dream. I want you to sacrifice it. This is the ultimate test of faith when God says the thing that you value most in your life, what you wanted most in your life, what you crave most in your life. Will you offer it back onto an altar to me? This is a test. And here, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't been living for God long enough for this to happen, I just want I don't, to, I don't mean to, to kill your joy here, but it's going to happen. You want to know why it's going to happen? Because everything in our life that we take the greatest pleasure in can easily become an idol to God. Oh, you didn't hear me. Even the great, even the good things can become God things. And they can become God things and they turn into idols. And so God is not interested in destroying your faith. He's not interested in destroying those things that you love in your life. He's not interested in taking, giving you things and taking things away from you. But he does want to know where your heart is. Romans 4.18. Though it seemed Abraham's hope could not be fulfilled, he did become the father of many nations exactly as God promised. I love that. Exactly like God said he would do it. Notice the word seem. Things are never as bleak as they seem if you look at them from God's point of view. Think about the disciples. Called three years. Spending every day with Jesus. Hearing. Teaching. Talking about the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of heaven is nigh. Repent. Preaching the gospel, hearing the gospel, and all of a sudden standing at the foot of the cross saying, oh, this didn't turn out like we thought it was going to turn out. Anybody? You ever thought about that? Three years. So well, He told them he was going to be resurrected. They didn't believe that. They didn't even understand the resurrection. They were still trying to figure out who he was. And three years of talking about the kingdom. All this teaching that was transforming all of these lives. And now the Messiah was hanging dead on the cross. Little did they know that three days later there was going to be a resurrection. See, God specializes in turning dead situations around. And resurrecting situations that look hopeless when we rely on the promise of God. God specializes in resurrections. He became the father of many nations. Look what he says. Exactly as God promised. A promise is only good as the integrity of the promiser, and God cannot lie. Fourth thing that we got to do is you got to recognize the facts in faith. Everybody say the facts. You have to face the facts. But face them in faith. Recognize the facts of your life in faith. Romans 4, again, without weakening in his faith, Abraham faced the fact that his body was good as dead and Sarah's womb was dead also. It's pretty blunt here. Through faith, he faced the facts Abraham recognizes that he and his wife are beyond childbearing years he's 99 she's 89 it's a medical impossibility for them to have children he does not deny the facts he faces the facts ladies and gentlemen this is very important to our walk it's very important that we get this faith does not ignore reality Okay, let me say that again. Faith does not ignore reality. Faith is facing the facts in our life without being discouraged by those facts. See, we can't hide our head in the sand and say, oh, that's really not happening, right? There's a lot of people that do that. There's a brand of Christianity going around that does that, that people just deny the diagnosis. But let me tell you something. You may not be able to deny the diagnosis, but you can deny and defy the verdict. And there's a big difference. Why? If you're looking at a situation where the doctor says it's cancer, you can't hide your head in the sand and say, no, I don't believe that. But what you can do is you can face the fact of a doctor's report with the report and the promise of the Lord. No, no, you didn't hear me. I, I said, you got to face the facts uh, with the promise of God's word. Uh, I know what it looks like medically. I don't deny what it looks like medically. Uh, but I refuse to, fact, to say to myself uh, and to anyone who will, will hear me uh, that, God, that that doctor's report is the final report. I said that that doctor's report is the final report. A friend of mine's mother who is elderly was in the hospital just this last week. And the doctor said, there's nothing more that we can do. We'll try one more procedure on her heart. But trust me, you need to bring the family in. You need to bring everyone around the bed because we just don't know how medically this can happen. 12 days later, today, she walked out of that hospital. You're not hearing me. I said, you're not hearing me. We didn't deny the fact that our heart was bad. We just had a greater promise. I said, we got a greater promise. We've got a God who says, no, the story's not over yet. Uh, There's this brand of Christianity that says deny all of your problems and smile. No, if you're running 104 temperature, you're sick. Stay home. Amen. Anybody with me? Who in this room is exempt from life? None of us. None of us. Faith is not asking you to deny reality. It never does. Faith is asking you to face the reality in your life without being discouraged by it. It's not living in denial. Faith is not stubborn foolishness. Look, if you're waiting for eight-track tapes to come back, bury that idea. Some of you don't even know what that means, but most of you do. Right? Come on now. If it's your 50th reunion and you're still waiting on that girl to say yes to prom, bury that idea. Grieve deeply, but let it go. Now, I know that's funny, but here's what I'm telling you. Some of us need to do legitimate deep grieving in our life and let it go. Don't have a pity party, but believe that God knows best. And for us to say, yes, it did not turn out the way that I planned it. But I believe that God has a better plan, and that's faith. I don't know that we have a, Sister Gwen, I don't know that we've got a choice. It's either we have faith in God, who He says He is, or we could just roll up in a ball and die. I don't think that's a choice. I choose to believe that God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, It's still the same God that I serve today. And his presence is in this room. I still believe that. And just as my wife told a few of the leaders the other night, when you're looking for the greater miracle, make sure that you see the smaller miracles that are going on around you. Because a lot of times we got our eyes on a big miracle when God's doing small miracles around us. So what does that mean? That means I've got to open my eyes to faith. I have an anticipation and an understanding that God can at any moment, at any time, and any day do a miracle in my life. Amen? Some of you wanted to get married, but you never did. Some of you wanted to have children, but you never have. What do you do with that love? Do you block it in? Do you become self-absorbed? I'm not going to let anybody get close to me. I'm not going to let anybody touch my heart. No, you have to redirect that. How do you keep on believing when you feel like giving up? you got to understand the six phases of faith. you got to remember what only God can do. He can do anything. You have to rely on God's promises and remember what he's promised you. And you have to recognize the facts of faith in your life. And the fifth thing, finally, you rejoice in anticipation. I said you rejoice in anticipation. You expect, you joyfully expect. God to act in your life and do good things even if it's not the way that you planned. He will do good things. Romans 4.20, Abraham never doubted. He believed God for his faith and trust grew every stronger. And he praised God for the blessing even before it happened. He was completely sure that God would be able to do anything that he promised. Notice this, even before he happened. When we thank God for something after it happens, uh, that's called gratitude. Uh, But when we thank God for something before it happens, that's called faith. And the highest Form of faith. It's thanksgiving to God in advance. God, I don't know how you're going to work this thing out. God, I really feel like I'm at a dead end. But I'm going to thank you in advance that you know what you're doing. I'm going to thank you in advance that you're going to work it out. One day, Jesus went to the tomb and the people asked him to raise Lazarus from the dead. And he walked up and he said, Lord, I thank you that you have already heard me. What was he doing? He was thanking God in advance why because when god delivers us it becomes a testimony i said it's going to become a testimony how many of you need a testimony in your life amen i'm finishing but how many of us are tired of i'm not pleased to understand and i'm gonna clarify this how many of us are tired of having more prayer requests than we are praise reports can i say that again I don't know about you. How many of us are tired of having more prayer requests than we have praise reports? Here's what we need to do. We need to turn our prayer, our prayer requests into praise reports. God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I know you can. I don't know how you're going to fix this situation, but I know you can. Uh, This financial situation seems overwhelming to me. I don't know where it's coming from, but I know that you can supply. Uh, I don't know what it looks like. My child, my son, my daughter, they look far, far from you. Uh, I don't know how you're going to bring them home, but I know you can. Uh, Why? I got a promise. Uh, I said I got a promise. Uh, I'm not let going of my promise. Uh, I'm not going to let go of my promise. There's three... Kinds of deliverance, and I'm done. Ashton, you can come. Circumstantial deliverance. God changes the situation. How many of you have seen God do a miracle in your life in just a few moments or just an immediate time? Come on, raise your hand as you stand. Just raise your hand. If you've actually seen God do a miracle, I want you to raise your hand right now. Look all over this room. Look, just look. How many of you, as you you put your hands back down, how many of you have also seen God take his time? All of us. Three types of deliverance. Circumstantial. God changes the situation. He miraculously turns the situation around. And God will do this over and over in our life. Sometimes it's... He does a personal deliverance. And you know what? He doesn't change the situation. He changes us. Sometimes we have to stop and say, God, I've been praying about this for a long time. Is there something you want me to learn? While I'm in this trial? Because you know what, Lord? If this is a trial and you're trying to teach me, I'd love for you to speed up the lesson. And I sure would like not to repeat this lesson again. Can I just graduate, Lord, from this lesson? The problem is, is we keep having to learn the same lessons. And as my mentor said, sometimes we just keep going back to the University of the Whale, Jonah, over and over again. Sometimes he does personal deliverance and he changes us. Because let me tell you something. God's never going to waste what you're in. Don't let it waste you. You get a larger character, better attitude. God changes you and leaves the situation. Third thing, there's some pain in this life, ladies and gentlemen, that's only going to be relieved through ultimate deliverance. And that's eternity. 21 years I've prayed for my son. I've done everything I can. I've had people, faith, prophets great men of God any one day I have dozens of people praying for my son's healing I look daily for the small miracles, sister Gwen while I'm waiting for the big miracles because that's something my wife has drilled into me just wait till you turn her loose on that get her talking about that she'll go to preaching she's watching probably right now I've done everything I know to do I've begged God, I've fasted, I've prayed. 21 years, my son's never spoken to me. But does that give me a reason to give up hope? No. Sometimes, some miracles take longer than others. Here's one thing I do know. If God does not heal Alex, On this side of eternity, there's coming a day on the other side of eternity that he's going to talk to me and we're going to sit down for eternity or we're going to talk about everything that we couldn't talk about on this side of eternity. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody. I'm trying to build your faith here tonight, ladies and gentlemen. God's not. You say, David, have you given up on healing? No, I haven't given up on healing. I've seen it. Several years ago, we walked into St. Luke's. Family said, Pastor, please come pray for my son. 30 something years old, went into a broken down motel off of 59 South in downtown Houston and drank almost a gallon of antifreeze. I don't know why he wasn't dead. The doctors on that Friday that said, call everybody that you know. Call your family. Call a funeral home. He won't make it till Sunday. ICU totally hooked up to machines. We walked into that room with faith. We laid hands on that young man. And we rebuked the death angel that was in that room. And every word that had been spoken over to him. Six weeks later. Took a while. I said six weeks later, that young man walked out of that hospital. why do you share that story David that seems extreme it was extreme when you see someone that's at death's door and they get back up that's extreme does it happen like that all the time no I'm sorry to tell you I walked into a lot of hospital rooms that I went to a funeral a few weeks later what are you saying David I'm saying don't give up on faith one way or the other God's bringing a deliverance. It could be immediate. It could be gradual. It could even be an eternity. But if God's given you a promise, he's not going to go back on his promise. I just want to take a moment and pray for somebody here tonight. I know that it's, it's 8 o'clock and we're going home. But if you're here tonight and you just need your faith encouraged, I just want you to step out and come to the front of this building. You just Your faith encouraged. We're going to pray for you. If you're here tonight and you've been praying for a situation that a long time, a year, five years, ten years, you haven't seen the answer, I want you to step out. Join us around the front. We're going to pray for you. I believe that God is going to encourage somebody tonight and God's going to increase your faith. I said God's about to increase your faith. I believe that we're going to hear signs, wonders, and miracles because God is still a miracle-working God. Lord, it's, it's just this simple. You're either Lord overall or you're not Lord at all. But I choose to believe tonight, God, that you are in absolute control, that you're still a healer. You're my healer. <laughs> oh, I'm a priest of myself. You're my deliverer. You're my way maker, Lord. And I believe that you're working right now. In spite of the weakness of our flesh. In spite of the frailty of our faith. We've got a promise and our hope is in you, Lord. It's not in ourself, but our hope is in you. And so, Lord, I pray for the release of faith right now. I pray for the release of courage and encouragement right now. Build the faith of this people, Lord. Build the faith of this people. And while we're waiting on the greater miracle, we're going to keep our eyes open for the smaller miracle. It's coming. It's coming. It looks like a dead end, but my deliverance is coming. Come on, watch you reach over and pray for somebody right now. I said, It's coming. My promise is coming. I've been waiting, but my promise is about to intersect with my miracle. You're about to do it, God. I believe it today we release healing in this house Lord we release deliverance in this house you said whatever we bind up shall be bound in heaven whatever we loose in this earth shall be loosed in heaven we thank you God right now we bind up doubt I bind up fear I bind up apprehension I bind up the blindness of our faith God right now and I loose the miraculous I release the power of the Holy Ghost to do a work that we've never seen strengthen our faith strengthen our faith strengthen our faith strengthen our faith faith. let courage come let encouragement come breathe on us heaven breathe on us heaven breathe on us heaven it looks impossible but impossible is your starting place. Impossible is the platform for the miraculous. Promise keep, I believe. Yes, my God, that is who you are. Oh yeah, miracle worker, promise keeper, I say this with me. My expectation is in something and someone greater than myself. My expectation is in God's word. If God said it, he can absolutely deliver it. I said if God said it, he can absolutely deliver it. We've been through this before through the Psalms, so I'm not going to go through all of this, but I think this room is mature enough to understand David, what happens when God doesn't do it like we want him to do it? God is sovereign. He does what he wants to do. But that does not keep us. Hear me very carefully. That does not keep us from believing that God can't do it and that he won't. I'm going to leave you with this. Twelve spies went to the promised land. Know the story? Right? Twelve spies went to the promised land. Moses sent them out. Ten came back and they said what? can't happen but here's what we fail to forget God had already told them it could happen Joshua and Caleb came back and said "We now hear me very carefully because this is going to help somebody before you leave we saw the same giants but we remember the word of the Lord ah, now you didn't hear that we saw what the other ten saw but I remember a word from the Lord and the word from the Lord says the promised land yours yeah you're going to have to fight yeah you're going to have to go in and occupy but I got a promise I saw the exact same thing but I got a word from God I said I got a word from God that says it can come to pass I can walk in the promised land now hear very carefully the word there that says they brought an evil report. In fact, Pastor just preached on this a few weeks ago. You know what that word evil there means? It means liable. What is liable? It's when I speak a lie about someone, their character, something, whatever it is. So, literally, what the language in the Old Testament says that the 10 spies that said we can't literally libeled, spoke liable against the promises of God. And Joshua and Caleb says, No, we saw the exact same thing. We saw the giants, but guess what else we saw? We saw grapes. We saw honey. We saw we saw the promises of God. We saw it all, but we got a word from the Lord. Don't get your eyes above what you see and remember what God has told you. Could you just turn around and pray for that person standing next to you? We're going to go home. I'm praying your faith right now will be strengthened. I said, I'm praying your faith will be strengthened right now. I'm praying your faith would be encouraged oh i hope this has helped somebody i've just preached to myself it's helped me come on i've got a word i've got a promise i've got a promise i've got a promise it doesn't look like it but i got it i'm gonna stand i'm gonna stand i'm gonna stand till lord till you did, till you prove something else in my life i'm gonna stand on that promise Come here, Tyler. Come here. Come down here. Let's pray for this baby. Come on, I need some people of faith. We're gonna pray for this child. He's gonna stand in. in Jesus' name. Lord, right now. While we wait for the greater miracle, we thank you for the smaller. right now clear lungs clear lungs right now strength, health, and peace right now right now we don't have anywhere else to turn Lord we're thankful for medical science but I thank you, Lord, that you're still the same God. Right now, in Jesus' name, bring health and healing and hold us. Right now, we're waiting on the greater miracle, but we thank you for the smaller miracle. And we rejoice in anticipation that you're working in this child's life. I pray for Brittany, I pray for Tyler I pray for peace, I pray for rest right now in Jesus name by the authority of the word of God by the blood of the name of Jesus you cannot go back on your word Hi, you said it's impossible man says it's impossible but with God all things are possible Jesus 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 right now Jesus Jesus somebody needs somebody needs healing in their body I want to pray for you somebody needs somebody else that's in this room you need healing in your body right now come on sis come on who else I need some I need some people of faith we're going to speak the word of God right that's so all we have is God's promise right now. Lord, in Jesus' name, by the authority of your word, the promise of your word, and the power of your word, the power of your name and your blood that was shed for us. We are covenant sons and daughters. And we declare healing and wholeness, God, right now. Right now in Jesus we speak it, God, by Your name, by Your name, by Your name, by the authority of Your name and Your blood right now in Jesus' name. You took stripes upon your back, Lord. I thank You for healing. 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 I thank You for healing, you for healing right now in Jesus' name name we love you tell everybody you know that you serve a great god invite them to be back here sunday amen invite them to be back here sunday if you need prayer if you're still here and you need prayer and you want us to pray with you we'll pray with you we love you we can't wait to see you this sunday at 10 o'clock bring somebody we're come expecting that god's going to do a miracle Is, Mike Is this mic still on? Just this mic's still I know you're leaving. Go ahead and leave. I just feel like praying for somebody that needs a financial miracle, and you need it immediately. You need an immediate financial miracle. I just feel like praying for that person. You need an immediate financial miracle. I, it could be $10 or it could be 10000 Just keep playing, Ashton, if you don't mind. Is that you, sis? Can I have some people of faith that will help me right now? How many of you have ever had God perform a financial miracle for you? Can I get some of those people around? You need a financial miracle. But you've seen God perform financial miracles right now. If you've got to go, please go. We dismiss you. We love you. But right now, Lord, in Jesus' name. It looks impossible. But you delight. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. You delight in being our provider. Mm. If you've done it for one, you can do it again for this sister right now. And so, Lord, we come. We don't come begging, we just come acknowledging we're at a dead end. We surrender. If we could fix it ourselves, God would fix it ourselves. But we can't fix it ourselves. So, Lord, we surrender it to you right now. I thank you, Lord, for bringing people into her life that are a blessing, not a curse, Lord, right now. Every need being met, Lord, as she surrenders it to you. I thank you, Lord, for the testimony of your grace. The testimony of your grace, Lord, right now. Right now, right now, right now, right now, right now right now right now Jesus we love you we'll see you Sunday in Jesus name I told you your what support is on the inside. So. Exactly. Great. <laughs> I hope so, it helped somebody. It did, yes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>